What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Why Not Game podcast. One, two, three, four. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to the Why Not Game podcast. It's me, Benjamin P., joining me today and every day. The sightless sensei, DJ. <laughs> I think that's the best one yet. What is up, Podcast Nation, Video Game Nation? Hope everybody has had a great week so far. Um, thanks again to everybody for all those listens, for all those follow follows on Twitter. Thanks so much. Keep spreading the word, and we look forward to uh, to bringing you guys great content every single week. So, yeah. Ben, speaking of every week, how's this week going for you? Well, you know, I don't want to get hung up on this week. I'd really like to talk about last week. So, okay. as you know, DJ, but no one else really knows. I mean, a few people do. But last week, I had the absolute privilege of traveling with my fiance. Um, and we were in the Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia in DC area, Washington, DC, over in that area. And what's nice about this trip is I sat in a hotel room all day, every day, and I played video games. And when doesn't I tell get you any better than that, no, it, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. And when I tell you I, I platinumed two games. Um, one game we're actually going to be featuring in a future episode. So I'm not going to tell you what that game is just yet because you don't really know that much about that. So, you know, we're going to keep that hidden, keep it under wraps for now, but another game. And I I really want to talk about this. It is YouTubers life Two. You might be thinking to yourself, who would play such a game? I would play such a game. This is true. Like, it's so interesting because it was a buggy mess of a game, but it was so addicting. You had to like create videos, create content, and like post it on the social YouTubing and try and become the biggest YouTuber. And I I kid you not, in three days that I played that game, I put in 42 hours. That's insane. Yeah, and so, you know, that that uh, got me the Platinum Trophy, though. Um, since then, I've deleted the game from my console. Do not plan to look at it or play it ever again. But it was great. You know, it was a great week. You know, got to hang out with some friends I don't typically see, play a lot of video games, and, you know, it was just an overall good time. Uh, DJ, what about you? How's, how's your week going? All right. Well, uh, this week, you know, as always gaming every chance i get um i too have been playing something that will feature on a future episode and like you did with yours i won't mention anything yet because i don't want to give any spoilers away um but yeah just been playing a few different things and uh looking forward to um you know see what's going on here in the future trying to get as much games in as we can because i know we've got a big slate coming up here throughout the rest of the summer and uh yeah just trying to fit it all in yeah i mean there's there's a lot of games coming out there's a lot of things you know new releases that are happening 
Um, a lot of big announcements have happened this past week. You know, if we go back to uh, last Sunday, you know, a while ago, a week and a half ago, the Xbox showcase that they had, Xbox and Bethesda. You know, unfortunately, there was no Banjo and Kazooie news. You know, there was some Yet. rumors, some hype about that. But personally, I'm okay with that. I know DJ was a little heartbroken. <laughs> Still holding on to hope, whatever little bit yeah. is left. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to hold on to something. Um, I just don't know if it would be Banjo and Kazooie for me personally. But I, I respect it. I respect it. Xbox had some some pretty good announcements, though. Were you able to check that check that out, Dave? Yeah, yeah, I did. I got to look at a little bit. Um, definitely have a few on my radar here that I'm looking forward to. Um, the revamped Forza Motorsport looks absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, definitely ready for that one. For um, sure. Oh, my gosh. There's there's so many, and everything's just running in my head here, trying to think of the, all the titles that we've seen and 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 everything, but... Forza definitely stands out the most for me. Um, I never, I've never really played a lot of Forza games. I know we had one back when we were growing up that we would play from time to time, but this one here just, uh, it looks almost like you're watching a, almost like you're watching a movie. Right. Yeah. The, the, the graphics on that game, the fidelity, it all looks so, so crisp, so clean like literally picturesque, you know, it looks like, as you were just saying, like you're in a movie. Um, no, I, I completely agree about Forza. It is definitely a franchise that I've enjoyed a lot over the past years. Um, I played a lot of Forza Horizon 4 um, when it came out. I didn't play that much of Forza Horizon 5. I believe that's the one that just came out this past year. I might have got my numbers confused there. I think so. Yeah, I, I didn't play. I didn't play much of that. I don't know why. I think it's because you know when Forza Horizon Four came out, I just like I got sucked into that game and I tried to one hundred percent it. I didn't because I lost patience. But it was such an engrossing game. Right, right. But this Forza, this Forza Motorsport, you know, where it's just the track racing, not necessarily the open world as Forza Horizon is. I'm looking forward to that because I haven't played, you know, just a Forza Motorsport in quite some time. And so I definitely am sold uh, for when that comes out. Was it next year? I believe they said early next year. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Now, what about Starfield? What is your hype level for Starfield? Because I know that's a video game that a lot of people are very excited about. What, what What's your take on that? Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of a lot of people excited, and I was following some of the Twitter feeds. I was watching some of the YouTube comments when when they were um, showing the the uh, showcase last week, and and I I saw some hate in there. I did. I saw some negative comments about it. Of course, some of those people were pro PlayStation and totally anti Xbox, but, uh, but no, from, from what I've seen about it and from what I've, you know, saw there with the previews and the in-depth gameplay sneak peek, they gave to those of you that uh, stuck around to the end of the showcase, got to see a little bit of that. Um, it looks cool. It really does. I'm, I'm very interested in it. I, I look forward to getting a chance to play that whenever, whenever it drops. I don't remember the, the release date there for that one, but Definitely looks like something 
something that I could get my hands on and get interested in, especially when they said that you can explore over 1,000 planets there in the vast uh, solar system of Starfield. So that alone makes me think that the possibilities are endless there. Well, you know what they say. What's that? Xbox had a good show, but there was, I think, a bigger event that happened um, that week that I think is very important to talk about, and that is the Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary. That is true. That was I don't, that was huge. I don't know about any of our listeners or anyone else, but me and DJ, we were hype about that. Oh yeah. Definitely not only hyped. did they not only did they talk about you know Final Fantasy VII First Soldier, which is the um what's it called? The arena. The, uh, you know, it's kind of like Fortnite uh, Battle Royale. That's what it is. Um, I really wish they would bring that to console, though. I feel like it would do, which I don't I don't really know how well it's doing as a mobile game. But I just know if it came to console, I would at least give it a shot. I'm not going to well, play sure. that on mobile, though. Like, there's no chance. But they, they gave some updates on that. They talked about Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, which is the mobile game that's supposed to take us through the entire saga of Final Fantasy VII. Unfortunately, you know, they said it was releasing in 2022, but now they were pushing that there's going to be a closed beta in 2022. So that has me a little fearful that the full game, or not the full game, but at least the game for everyone, isn't going to come out this year, which that's something I've been looking forward to. Right. Just because I, right. I really I really loved the art style that they were going with. And then, you know, seeing the trailer that they showed on uh, that press conference, the gameplay looks amazing. The combat looks amazing. But that does kind of, you know, break my heart a little bit because I was expecting a release date for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And definitely uh, looking forward to uh, the sequel, as it were, to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, I believe it's called Rebirth, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. That one... That one looks pretty intense. Definitely excited to dive back into what happens after the events of Midgar. Yeah, no. Super this... stoked about that. Unfortunately, we got a bit of a wait on that one. I believe it was uh, next winter of 2023. Another thing they announced, which came out of left field, in my opinion, was a Crisis Core remaster releasing for every platform, you know, Xbox, Switch, PC. Uh, PlayStation coming out this winter. Now, whether or not that means this year or early 2023, it doesn't matter to me. There are this winter, this summer, and next winter. That's a year and a half of Final Fantasy feasting. That is true. We've got everything from the Crisis Core remaster to final fantasy 16 which we do know i believe is summer of 23 i believe that's what they said yep and then of course you know final fantasy 7 rebirth plus if you're into the mobile thing we've got the mobile stuff then the ever crisis so yeah there is a ton of final yeah. fantasy content out there for everybody yeah i mean square enix in general right now is cooking you know, they have a new Star Ocean game coming out. They're working on a Dragon Quest game. They've got a oh, lot going on. Not to mention yeah. Kingdom Hearts 4 is in development. I was about to say that. Like I'm they're still... putting in the work right now. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. 
you know, not to mention, you know, Final Fantasy 14 is still booming. Yep. It's it's true. crazy. What a time. Yeah, that one, what a time. I'm I'm surprised that one's still as popular as it is, as 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 old as it is, I guess I should say. But I mean, well, hey, it did people... it did recently have the uh the new expansion came out, I believe, in November. Yeah, it did. Of last year. Was it last year? Yeah, because they were talking about it at the game awards. Oh, all right, cool. Well, speaking of the Game Awards, you know, last (laughs) week we mentioned that the game we were going to be talking about this week is the 2021 Game of the Year at the Game Awards last year. And if you happen to have watched that spectacle or have, you know, know anything about who won that game or who won that award, then you're going to know what this game is that we're going to be talking about today. Um, DJ. Yep. What game is it? It's a it's a fun game that uh, you and I played toward the end of last year, and uh, it was definitely definitely different um, from from the great people at Hazelight Studios, ladies and gentlemen. It takes two. Yeah, it does indeed take two. It does. It does. So we're gonna we're gonna do a deep dive into it takes two. We're gonna talk about the gameplay, the story, the world, everything. But first, DJ's got some numbers to throw at us. So DJ, take it away. All right, here we go. It takes two was released March twenty sixth of twenty twenty one. It was released on all platforms, including PC. So you've got it on Switch. You've got it on the Xboxes and on the Playstations out there. Um, so a little bit on the sales. I know it's gone up quite a bit because uh, it is still a very popular game. Uh, the most recent sales chart that I could find was for back in February. So within just just under a year, so back February of this year, um, it had reached 5 million copies sold. Now, nowhere near as much as Elden Ring, but definitely more than Banjo-Kazooie. So It Takes Two is going places. Um, The Metacritic score is 89 out of 100, which, again, not bad. Not bad. Very impressive. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, that is very huge. As you mentioned, it was Game of the Year uh, for 2021 at the Game Awards, but it also took home two more awards that year, or last year rather, was Best Multiplayer Game. And we'll get into the whole multiplayer thing here in just a second when we do a, a little bit more of a dive into the gameplay. And then it was also Best Family Game of 2021. <laughs> and we'll branch off on that here in just a little bit too. Yeah. Um, and Ben will explain why he's given that little chuckle <laughs> in just a second. So that's a little bit of the numbers there for you. Um, it is still popular. Um, if you guys have EA Play, it is free to play on that. Um, EA Play is a pretty good subscription to add to your system, whatever you have. Definitely, if you're into the um, electronic arts studios and you play the the sports games or some of the other games. But anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's a look at the numbers for It Takes Two. Yeah, so, so just to clarify real quick, um, I know DJ had said that it's available on the Nintendo Switch. It's actually not available on the Switch. There were thoughts that it was going to be ported there, but it actually never did get ported there. Um, oh. So you can't play it on Switch, but you can play it everywhere else. 
Xbox One, Series X and S, and on PC. But that's besides the point. This game, you know, I'm just going to give a little brief, you know, my thoughts on this game. This game deservedly won Game of the Year. Absolutely. This game deservedly won Multiplayer Game of the Year. I don't know how in the world the voters decided that this was a family game. It could quite possibly be that it was centered around a family. You know, and again, we'll go into that here in a second, but I, I see what you mean. It was, it had some dark elements in there more than, more than, more than I realized when we initially played this last year. Now we played this before the game awards and, I remember you and I saying, you know, this should win game of the year because of how great it was. And, uh, but yeah, it's definitely going back and playing at it again, watching some of the cutscenes, paying more close attention to the dialogue. It uh, definitely doesn't strike as much of a family game, at least not for the younger, younger ones in the family. No, but you know, it's, it's interesting because a lot of times, you know, and if you look at recent years, you know, the family game winner had always been kind of like a shoe in for a, a Nintendo game, like whether that be a Mario or something right. that was, you know, on the switch. And so for this to to then become the family game with it, one, not necessarily. I don't know. I feel like it was given that because of the multiplayer aspect of it. Sure. Whereas I I just we're going to we're going to discuss this more when we talk about, you know, some of the story elements and stuff like that. Um, But, yeah, you think you're ready to break it down? Let's do it. Let's break it down. All right. So first thing we're going to talk about here is the gameplay. The gameplay, you know, as as DJ was saying, it won best multiplayer game of the year. Well, the gameplay of this game, one of its gimmicks, or not necessarily a gimmick, but the sole purpose of it really is, it is a two-player co-op campaign. There are two characters. There are two characters. One player plays as the male character. The other player plays as the female character. And so there's no way to actually play this game single player. You have to play it with someone else you know lucky for me i was able to play with my brother here but if that wasn't the case i could do online matchmaking and get a match like that but who knows how that experience would be this is definitely a game best played with someone else what's nice though is not only is there like couch co-op so where we could play right next to each other um, but there's also online co-op and we're able to you know be miles away yep and still connect which on is, the game which is how we had to finish the game yeah it is it is but speaking in terms of of the gameplay here i would have to say that it takes two has probably every gameplay element from just about every type of game like to those that have not played this game, that might not make sense to you. But right, when I tell right. you that there are bits and pieces of all different styles of games interwoven into this game. Right. Yep. It's, it is it's really beautiful. 
Yeah, it is. Now it is branded, and I usually mention the genre when I do the by the numbers, and I forgot that part, so I apologize. But it is branded as an action adventure platformer. You definitely do For a lot sure. of platforming, but there are some puzzle things you have to figure out in there, and there's you know there's more than just like like you said, it's not just platformer. There's definitely a lot of other aspects to go along with it, and it's and it's really cool because. You know, throughout the game, you you have to work together. Like, I know that you always do it in a multiplayer co-op campaign, but the way the way that Hazelight put this together, it's just like for every time you needed to accomplish something, one person could not do it by themselves. It, it was, right. okay, I'll do this part, then you do that part so we can open the door to the next room or so we can get from point A to point B, whatever it is. I mean, it's just fantastic. Right. So a little bit of background, you know, technically we start off with gameplay before jumping into the narrative and the story. But with this game, I feel like they are so intertwined that it's important to kind of bring in the story elements as well. Um, so this this section, you know, we're going to kind of do a little bit of both. But essentially, right, the game opens where there is a husband and a wife and they have a daughter and their daughter's playing with these toys um, that are made to look like her parents. But the mom arrives home, the dad comes out, they get into a little argument and then they ask, do you think it's time that we share that we are getting a divorce? Just literally right the in bat, the first not even... minute into the game. Yeah. Boom. You're like, Whoa, this game that looks so light and fun just got really heavy. Yeah, totally way out of left field with that one. Neither one of us were expecting that when we played it. We had we had quite a, a big I mean, I died laughing. I was like, Are you what? Like, hold on, what? <laughs> yeah. And my first thought was, Okay, so this is how we're gonna play this game now. So essentially, they tell their daughter that they're getting a divorce. And the daughter is like, okay, I'm going to go play. And so she's playing with the two dolls that she made. She cries and says, I wish that mommy and daddy would still love each other. Next thing we know, the mom and dad are now the dolls. Yep. And so they are these little dolls. And then the world that they're exploring is their house, but they're miniature and so the house is huge now. Right. So it's, yeah, they are in their real home. They're in their real environment. But but from what from what the book, which we could go ahead and dive into that, uh, the daughter was reading, reading a book by Dr. Hakeem. I don't remember the actual title of the book there, but it was basically just to, you know, just to help restore a relationship and that kind of thing. So I think... Uh, I think once the book comes to life and after they get turned into the dolls, I think there's some more, I don't know if magic's the right word, but you know, the world around them becomes alive. Like right. there's, there's Definitely. a scene where, you know, <laughs> you find a broken hammer and you know, you, they starts talking to you and you got to put the hammer back together and fix the tools right. in the toolbox. There's then also, there's, Go ahead. The first boss in the game is a vacuum cleaner that you 
didn't clean or you didn't fix and it found out that you actually bought a new vacuum cleaner um and so it's very enraged by that and so you end up fighting this vacuum cleaner and to cap it all off when you eventually beat the vacuum cleaner his arms are kind of like the vacuum hoses and so each of you grab one of the hoses and put it up to his eyes and suck the vacuum's eyes out which is reason number one of how the heck is this a family game? I mean, it's just a vacuum. <laughs> like, personally, True. if my vacuum had eyes, I'd love to suck the eyes out. You know, <laughs> that sounded a little <laughs> weird, but hey, you <laughs> know what? You go. It's a family game. That's right. So I, can again, it be bad that's... if it's a family game? Right. But more geared toward the older kids. Um in the in the family you know i wouldn't want uh you know my little my little three-year-old seeing that on the on the tv screen there you know us killing a vacuum and you know sucking their eyes out so hey, you know there's hey. that but uh, but anyway no so it's 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 definitely a creative creative aspect though because the levels are just so so incredible you know you've got where you're in the closet there trying to take out the vacuum and then the whole thing in the garage area with the toolbox and you know you're you're a scene where you climb out of the house and you wind up in a tree and then yeah you see this door on a tree and you knock on it and there you go there's a bunch of what are they squirrels or chipmunks uh, it's definitely squirrels, and they're squirrels. in a war with wasps. Yeah, yeah. it's wild. It's yeah, wild, it's... and we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk more about more about the worlds and stuff in just a second. Now that we have a little bit of that, that you know, story to kind of help us along as to understanding the gameplay, you know, because how it is that co-op. I think it's it's interesting to kind of have that background as to you know what the situation of the characters are. Obviously, you know, these are two adults that are now transformed into dolls. And they're like, why are we dolls? How are we going to not be dolls? But they're also two adults that do not get along. They're two adults that are currently, you know, getting a divorce. They're they're separating from each other. And so that right. plays into, you know, this whole thought process of it takes two. Where, right. as DJ was saying earlier, you can't do anything in this game on your own. It is impossible. No. It's kind of like each character has a tool you know, we have like a special weapon in each world, but they each complement each other. Like DJ was alluding to, why am I saying alluding again? My goodness. Oh, <laughs> DJ had mentioned there we go. there is a world with a hammer, right? So one of the characters is going to have a hammer on their back. The other character is going to have nails. They're going to shoot nails kind of like, like out of a gun. And so it, it, they complement each other. You know, you can't just, a hammer is useless unless you're using it usually to pump in a nail. Yep. True that. And so, you know, it's, it's a really interesting concept how this game is made where you have to do everything together. And right. I think that's, that's definitely the strongest. I don't know. I feel like that's the strongest thing, the strongest point in this game. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And then, you know, Dr. Hakeem, the, the book that, you know, shows up out of nowhere and says, yeah, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. He's his, his end goal is to honor 
their daughter's wish and help get them back together. So with each level is a new challenge. You know, he talks about collaboration. He talks about, you know, all these things that not only they need to do to help get from point A to point B, but it also is what they need to work on to help fix their, their marriage. So there's like an ulterior motive there. Yeah. You want to get to where you're going in each level, but, you know, the end goal, obviously, in the game is uh, is to get them back together. So, yeah, and I think it it's also a good kind of representation of, you know, kind of like short sightedness in our goals. Right. So originally, when they realize they're turned into dolls, their only concern here is how can we not be dolls anymore? And so they right. come up with this brilliant yep. idea. And so they're striving after that goal to you know, do what it takes to no longer become a doll. But in the process, right, they're actually doing things that are like very messed up, like very damaging, very harmful to their daughter. Which I don't want to go into too much details, but the daughter, they 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 believe that because the daughter cried on the dolls, that's what brought them to life. And so they they came up with this idea that if they can make their daughter cry again, it will break the spell, break the curse, turn them back to their human selves. And so they go on this quest where the sole purpose is to make their daughter cry. And if you like, just think about that and unpack that, like that's, that's heavy to think oh, yeah. that they're so like, I don't know, like narrow minded in a way that, you know, that could cause that. And again, you know, we could have, I mean, we could have like a, a deep conversation about this, you know, with the whole topic of divorce and then, you know, they're in essence, you know, this is a way of them kind of showing how they're prioritizing themselves over what's best for their daughter, which, you know, I understand sometimes things don't work out and a divorce is necessary. You know, I'm not I'm not saying if you get a divorce, you're a bad person. There is that weight that comes with it where it definitely is going to have an effect on on the daughter, as we see in this game. And so kind of having them kind of portray that in the way that they did with, you know, let's make our daughter cry so we can, you know, kind of fix ourselves. An interesting connection, in my opinion. Right, right. Yeah, definitely <clears throat> took a took a darker, well, I guess kind of darker turn with that because it was, hey, you know, if we tear apart her favorite stuffed animal, I'm not going to go into detail and explain how that was done and all that stuff, but if we... If we, you know, tear up something that she she loves, you know, maybe this will trigger the tears. And it does, but you know, that that doesn't, doesn't fix anything. That doesn't fix it. And they realize, <laughs> oh crud, what did we do? Why did we, you know, right. you know, trial and error kind of thing, which I mean makes sense. You know, you've all seen the games and the movies and stuff where, okay, well, if if this caused it. And then let's try to, what can we do along those same lines to For reverse sure. it? So For sure. the logic that was there was okay, but definitely did not work out this time. So, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting because we're dissecting, you know, you know, this is technically supposed to be the gameplay, but I feel like we're, we're hitting heavy on the story part. So we'll talk more about gameplay in a minute. It's interesting because we're more criticizing what the characters did as if they were actual people and not True. necessarily the story as far as like, 
you know, is the story a good story or a bad story? Right. right. Safe to say, this is an excellent story. The narrative in this game is absolutely fantastic. It is probably, it's, I would say it's the best narrative game that I played last year. You know, when I, when I first played that game, you know, I had played Guardians of the Galaxy. I had played Life is Strange 3. I personally thought It Takes Two was the cream of the crop there. So it's not necessarily, you know, bad writing or poor anything in like the development stage or the creative process stage. It's more or less just like trying to analyze like as like human to human as if they were humans, you know, like it's, it's an interesting take of how they operate. True. 100%. You know, and it's like, you know, I like how they kind of got, like, in my opinion, I guess they kind of got in the characters' minds and be like, well, okay, well, you know, let's think here. What would, what would I do if I was in this situation? Would I try to think, hey, let's try to reverse it the same way it happened, or right. would I try to go through this? So, in a way, I feel like they kind of, they kind of put themselves in the character's shoes, whether or not yeah. the the writers and creators have gone through a divorce. Who knows? We have no idea. But they took the time to intricately think and develop, and it's just I don't know. Like you said, it's just a phenomenal narrative. The whole storyline's great. So, yeah, we're not going to spoil the end. You know, uh, if you're if you're interested in playing this game, which you know it's a phenomenal game. If you need someone to play it with, I'd be more than happy to. DJ would be more than happy to. You know, just let us know. Hey, we'll be yeah, here plus one. Um, but let's let's jump back. You know, we kind of hit a lot on the story there. Let's jump back into the gameplay, right? So, with it being you know this this co op. You know, as I was saying earlier, we have kind of, you know, each person has a tool. We have to work together to do it. But previous, even before I was saying that, I was talking about how there were gameplay elements of all kinds of different games, right? It's an action-adventure platformer. Last week, we talked about Banjo-Kazooie, which many would also say is an action-adventure platformer. Or at least an action platformer. Maybe not adventure, but it is kind of an adventure. Obviously, there is a 24-year difference in between when those games were released. And I would just like to give a shout-out to technology in those 24 years for making, you know, there were a lot of similarities of things that you could do in Banjo-Kazooie and things that you could do in It Takes Two. For instance, swimming. There are episodes where, or there are uh, episodes, wow. There are levels where you're (laughs) swimming, and the swimming mechanics in It Takes Two are phenomenal. There are, whereas Banjo-Kazooie, it was terrible swimming was not a good thing no um you know there were segments where you know i mean just overall you know using the camera one fantastic no issues with that but one of the coolest things that i thought was how you know each level that we would go to you know dj was saying earlier you know we start out uh, in the basement where we're dealing with the tools, we ended up in a tree where we have the squirrels. There's a lot of different levels in this game. And each level, the gameplay changes quite a bit. Oh, yeah. You know, there are there are different puzzles to solve. There are different just gameplay mechanics overall. In one level, it turns into a um, like a, a Diablo-esque role-playing game where you're both, one of you has a sword, the other one of you has a magic wand. And you're kind of having to fight your enemies and make your way through this castle that way, you know, out of nowhere that just pops up. And I'm like, holy cow, that's amazing that they were able to incorporate something like that. 
Right, right. And yeah, so, just, oh, go for it. No, I was just going to say it's just really cool because that one, that one was a great level there. And, uh, you know, there's just, I could just, I could go on and on about all the different levels and the, just the visual effects of it and the different things you can do as far as what your tools and your weapons are. But just going to throw it out there real quick since I kind of jumped in there. But um, the clock level where they're actually inside the cuckoo clock. That was that was probably my favorite part of the whole game just because, you know, one of you has the ability to kind of not necessarily time. like freeze time and kind of clone yourself to where you can be in two places at once. But but just that whole aspect of everything, because, again, it circles around the you can't do it by yourself. One of you has to, you know, use the freeze time thing to where you can be in two places at once while the other one is able to finish the objective and do what needs to be done, you know, whatever it may be. So yeah, I just wanted to jump in and share that. Yeah, no, it's, it's so, it's so interesting because, you know, the past, you know, the two other games we had, we had Elden Ring, we had Banjo-Kazooie and we could look at the narrative, the gameplay in the world as kind of separate entities Whereas in this game, I don't think we're able to really truly do that because of how beautifully woven it all is. It it is a it's it truly is you know I as I was saying in the beginning of the show, I 100% agree with it being the game of the year last year. It is a wonderful game, and the way that it it, it literally flows seamlessly. There really isn't. We're not able to just talk about these things separately because of how how woven together they are. Right. And I don't think we can say that about many games. I mean, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Can you think no. of another game that is like, so like orchestrated like that? Not really. I mean, I know, I know that Hazelight is good at the multiplayer games, which they had another one prior to that called a way out, which was, which was pretty fun to play. And I'm sure we'll, dive into that at some point here on the podcast but just to just to stay focused on this one no i don't i don't think of any other any other game that would even come close to doing what it takes to can do and can basically bring to the table what that game brings yeah i mean you know i'm glad that you mentioned a way out because this is kind of like a repeated pattern for this studio and honestly, if that's the route they stick with, if they want to normalize having these co-op games, I'm 100% for it because a way Absolutely. out was a phenomenal game. Yeah. And, you know, they built on that and they improved that. You know, obviously they went a completely different route on the story, you know, with a different, you know, everything, but it was absolutely fun game and then they come out with it takes two which is absolutely fun game so i would love i would love to see what their next project's gonna be oh yeah for sure absolutely 100 percent. one thing real quick to dive back into the gameplay i guess i don't really know if it would be gameplay or story or what have you but um along the, the way <laughs> yeah that's true that's true along the way um there are little side challenges or mini games, whatever you want to call them to where, you know, you don't have to complete these to complete the story. You know, if you're going for 
all the achievements on the Xbox or the platinum on the PlayStation, then yeah, you'll want to do these. But but in each world, there's sometimes one, sometimes three little side games that you can do, and it's just like a little one-on-one thing, you know, whether it be you know, you're trying to shoot however many things, you know, like whoever shoots the most of whatever can win or whoever does, you know, something the fastest. I don't remember all of them because I didn't go back and do those again when when I did my second playthrough. I know we did it, obviously, because we wanted to get the platinum, but but for uh, sure. But yeah, it's definitely, you know, just something fun, little side games and side quests. You know, if you're into that kind of thing, definitely check it out. Yeah, no, I think there's I think there's like 21 different little mini games that you can find. Um, they range from anything from like, you know, shooting the most balloons. Um, there's baseball. There's cart racing. Oh, Literally, yeah, I forgot about the racing one. It's like I would say, which is interesting, you know, this is like a love letter to Nintendo in a way as far as the mini games go. It definitely, you know, has a lot of like Nintendo vibes, like Mario Party vibes. Yeah. Um, type of things there but it's you know i can't believe i didn't think to to bring that up that's such a good point dj way to go wow yeah man on the back i earned my keep for the week i could come back there we go there we go (laughs) yeah Yeah. for sure but no it takes two i would have to say is you know worthy of being the game of the year last year it is i would say probably it's not in my top five games because i mentioned those in the first episode but I would say it's probably not in my top 10 either. (laughs) But, you know, if I were to branch out and say like top 15, I could see it takes two being like a solid number 11. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, it's it's phenomenal. You know, from the gameplay, the story, you know, the world building that is done in this game. I think it it is a phenomenal Mm. game. Um, I highly yeah. recommend it to anyone sure who wants to play it. What are, what are I mean, your thoughts on it though, DJ? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. I mean, where else can you go? Where else can you find a game? And I know I hinted on some levels before, but you know, you're in a tool shed, you're in a tree, you're in a cuckoo clock, you're on a snow globe, you're in all these things. It's like you you don't get that in your average run of the mill game. You don't you know, dive into these inanimate objects and see a real world created. I mean, you know, when you're in the the snow globe and you're riding on a ski lift and you're looking at all these things and these people are just walking around, you know, it's just, it's just insane. I mean, I, I don't really have anything bad to say about the game other than, you know, to the creators, hurry up and make another one. I mean, I know it takes time, <laughs> but, but we're Actually, definitely too. It does, and to develop a game, it takes more than two. But it uh, it's definitely worth the wait. I cannot wait to see what these guys come out with next. I mean, they can only go up. So, well, not necessarily because it takes two is pretty high. So, like oh, they could true. go down. They could definitely go down. It's usually you only say they can only go up if it's like they're coming from a really bad game. But no, there is definitely a level of disappointment that could be had right? where I'm not necessarily one who's going to compare, you know, apples to tomatoes. I couldn't look at a way out and compare it to It Takes Two because those are two very different, you know, two very different animals. Yeah. Different storyline, different aspects, different. Everything. Literally everything. 
the so gameplay you know, was am. similar in a way as far as you needing both people to do it. But that's the only thing I'd say is similar, though. Right. Personally. Right. But we can talk about that on another time. Well, um, you know, we talked we talked a lot about a lot about the story because this is a very story heavy game. We talked a lot about the gameplay. We talked about the worlds that that were in this game. I think we're both in agreement when we say this is a a must play game. You know, if you if yes. you if you haven't played it, I highly recommend to play it. You won't be disappointed. You know, no. yes, it does talk about heavy content. Um, it does have a heavy topic of divorce, um, but it's it's really eye opening, and it's kind of it kind of makes you like think inward um, of how you would you know, handle, you know, certain situations as we were talking about earlier, like, is it more important to just figure out what's best for me in my current situation? Or do I have to think beyond that and think, you know, what do my, what effect did my actions have on those around me? But again, if you haven't played this game, please do yourself a favor and check it out. Yes. And do us a favor comment about it if you like the game if you don't like the game give us your feedback let us know you know check us out over there at twitter at why not game pod and you know let us know if you've played this game if you plan to play this game you know what are your thoughts on it uh we'd love to we'd love to hear other opinions you know obviously there are some people who probably don't like the game i mean it has an 89 on metacritic so i'm I'm guessing that means there were some lower scores along the way and some pretty high scores as well. And I would have to say personally, I'd be giving it a very high score. Absolutely. Now I know you can't compare the two, but we've had two phenomenal games on the show so far. Um, Just out of overall enjoyment and how you feel about the games, not trying to compare, you know, apples to oranges, I guess, but uh out of overall enjoyment, did you get more enjoyment from It Takes Two or Elden Ring? Oh, oh, that's tough. Yeah. Because I would have to say it's like a different kind of enjoyment. As right. I was going through the torture of Elden Ring, I absolutely <laughs> hated it. But then the instant, <laughs> the instant I would beat a boss, you know, it was like the gratification was overwhelming. Whereas the overall experience right. in It Takes Two was just a phenomenal experience. So again, you're right. You can't really compare it. Apples to oranges in that scenario. Good question, though. Good question. Are you going to stay nostalgic and say Banjo-Kazooie over everything? No, no, because again, you know, each one of these games are in a league of their own, and it's it's so hard to to compare It Takes Two with, with anything else. So definitely, I like Banjo-Kazooie in its own respect in its own in its own way it had its it you know it had its heyday you know 20 couple years ago but it takes two is definitely a uh, a much better much better game as far as as far as that goes fantastic well ladies and gentlemen we do have an important announcement to make before we sign off here next week we would love for you to tune in because we have the honor and the privilege of having a very special guest join us. Yes. Um, a young man uh, by the name of Kyler. Kyler is going to be joining us. And if you do not know who Kyler is, um, well, you soon will. You right. soon will. 
Right. So we look forward to hanging out with him and squatting up. That's right. Because next week, you know, we're going to be talking about the worldwide phenomena that is Fall Guys. Fall Guys. Which, you know, it's, by the way, is now free to play on to play. all platforms. Yeah, Epic is going to rule the world. I see that. Yeah, but you know, that's pretty epic. It is. It is. You know what else is epic? <laughs> What's that? Signing off from a podcast. So until next time, ask yourself, why not? Why not?